0: Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. So as I've been preparing for this week, uh, so many people have come up and said, man, I'm ready for the word. Colby, it's been a while, you've had a little bit of a vacation. You guys know we've had a little bit of a hiatus too. Obviously, we're, we're tweaking some things, freshening up some areas in the church. So thank you for your patience with that. But I'm so excited about all the, the things that will be happening and continue to happen here to the physical space. I'm looking forward to that. But people have said, Colby, man, uh, I'm ready for it. You gotta be ready for it, you know? And so honestly, I felt a lot of pressure in studying this week, like this better be the best message I have ever preached in my life. So can I just go ahead and tell you up front right now, it's probably gonna be average, all right? Just so you know, if I can set your expectation at average and we happen to do better than that, we'll say that's a win. We'll call that a W, are you with me? I'm kidding, people, I'm kidding. It's looking at me like all mean, like I didn't come for average. You know, I came for First Samuel 17, if you have your Bible. Uh, you can also turn to Acts chapter 3. And if you've got a paper Bible, physical Bible with one of those little ribbons there, you can drop that thing right in there, Acts chapter 3. But in 1 Samuel 17, it's the story of David and Goliath. Many of us know the story. David's father just sent him to the, the, the battle lines. There's the Philistines and then there's the people of Israel on two sides of this valley of Elah. And he sent them him there to take uh, like a cheese course to his brothers who were out fighting the Philistines. Now, they weren't actually fighting. If you know the story, they were flexing. They're just flexing on the Philistines because they had this, this big old Andre the Giant named Goliath. Does anybody remember Andre the Giant from back in the day? A little WWE, WWF, whatever it is wrestling. Or from the Princess Bride movie, you know what I'm talking about? The guy who rhymes and everything. Just quit rhyming, I mean it anybody have a peanut anybody remember that nobody you're like this place is weird (laughs) hey if this is your last time at elevate church i'm glad that you came through the doors today but there uh he's there and david shows up at the exact same time this goliath is taunting not only the nation of israel but the god of israel And David's like, nah, that's not gonna happen. What's going on here? And so he goes to King Saul and this is what it says in verse 32. It says, don't worry. This is David to the king. Don't worry about this Philistine. I will go and fight him because he knows who his God is. He knows the, the power of God, but look at Saul's response. He says, don't be ridiculous. Somebody shout ridiculous. He says, don't be ridiculous. There is no way, somebody say no way. way. You've been told that, some of you, your whole life. There's no way you can do that. There's no way you can believe for that. There is no way God can move that. There is no way this can happen. This is the voice of Saul. He says there's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and he's been a man of war. This is his livelihood. This is what he's done since his youth. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. In this collection of talks we're calling Freestyle, which really is code for, I just get to preach whatever I want. I wanna speak from this title right here. If you're a note taker, write it down. It's about to get ridiculous. As you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we're gonna open up your word. And I'm flawed, I'm imperfect. God, and you are perfect and your word is perfect. And so God, I pray that you would help, help us today through your spirit to speak through your word right to our hearts, right to the areas that we need it. Your word is powerful. It's available. It's able to to, uh, cut through the joint in the marrow, which means really just getting to the heart of every issue in our life, God. And so I pray that it would do that. Help us to get out of the way. God, I'm gonna try to, give some commentary to your word, and again, I don't want to get in the way of what your spirit wants to do, and so this is a silly thing, if not a dangerous thing we do, unless you are in control of our time, and so God, we ask that you would lord over this right now, that your word really would come alive and be powerful, it's in Jesus' name, everybody said amen, 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 amen. thank you, Ben, thank you, Dave, thank you, everybody, I'll see you in like 28 minutes, does that sound good? Sure, I don't believe it for a second. That's what he's saying right now. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm I'm a guy who's always up for adventure. Anybody else? Adventure people? Adventure people? Like I'm that guy. You tell me to climb it, I'll climb it. You tell me to jump off of it, I'll jump off of it. You give me a challenge, I'm going to to do it. I just I have that in my my blood. Uh, back in the you know in my college days, I did a little barefoot skiing in my birthday suit. That's another message for another time, and it's no wonder why my boys are the way that they are, just so you know. Um, but, you know, I'm always up for a little bit of an adventure. And so I've recently um, kind of gotten on this, this kick where I want to do a marathon. And I hate running, hate running, but I needed a challenge. And so I'm like, all right, I'll try it out. Let's go. Let's get after it. And so I've been running, put a lot of miles in, pounding the pavement. And uh, if you have done this before, you, there's a chance your toes can turn a little black and get a little bruised. And then the nail will fall off. And that's probably more information than you needed. But I was telling somebody about this and they're like, man, maybe you're just too old to do it. But I'm like, in my mind, I'm 22. My body says I'm 48, right? But I I feel like I'm 20, I'm 22. And so he's like, maybe it's time to just kind of take it easy don't take so many chances. You know, don't, don't be a risk taker. You know, you don't have to just play it safe. That's what he told me. Just, why don't you just kind of play it, play it safe. And after I told him where he could go, no, I didn't really tell him that. I started thinking about the conversation. I'm thinking, maybe he's right. Maybe I do need to, you know, I have a church, you know, I have a family, my, my wife and kids, and maybe I do need to like, Chill out a little bit, not take so many risks. In fact, I I almost thought about selling my motorcycle. Now, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus, and I'm not going to do it. But then the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, hey, that's fine, but don't play it safe with your faith. Don't you dare allow a play it safe mentality bleed into your faith. And it just spoke to me in that moment because I was thinking about the last few years. And I don't know where you are right now at your level of faith. It might be that you're you're full of faith and you have, you know, your faith is on fire. Or it could be that your faith is on life support. And you're just kind of limping in here. I don't know where you are. And right or wrong, and I'm not trying to create a statement, but the last few years, like I believe has has kind of switched the narrative in our mind that we are to have this play it safe mentality, has it not? Like play it safe, play it safe. Don't do this, don't do that. You know, don't risk anything. You know, don't say anything. You know, just be, be careful. Just play it, everything safe. Are you with me? And I feel like we've been conditioned over the last few years to just, just play it safe. In fact, I didn't know if I was gonna say this, uh, which usually means I shouldn't say it, but this is freestyle, so hey, it is what it is. And you're the last, you know, service, and so I can go as long as I want to and just say whatever I want. But a few weeks ago, I went to a well-known coffee shop uh, that, you know, was started out in the Pacific Northwest area, if you know which one I'm talking about. And, uh, and nothing against them or what was going on, but I go in there, and they're, I was getting coffee for a friend of mine who is going through treatment right now through chemo. And I wasn't getting it for him. Actually, I was getting it for the staff, all the nursing staff, the doctors there. I'm gonna take care of the people who are taking care of my friend. Are you with me? I'm like, I'm gonna caffeinate you. I'm gonna make sure you're on your A game, you know? And so I was going to pick up a bunch of coffee and a bunch of treats and all that. And I go to this place and everybody, you know, minus two people, there's eight people behind the counter and maybe you work there. And again, this is nothing against you, but six of the eight are wearing masks. Couldn't see their faces. And I'm like, you know, I don't know what that was, if there was, you know, immunocompromised, you know, kind of stuff going on. I don't think it was policy, otherwise everybody would have been wearing it. I don't think just certain people were sick and they were trying to. I don't really know if it was virtue signaling. I don't know if it was fear based, some legit reason. And that's not what I'm talking about. But I go across the street to the cancer center where everybody has an extremely compromised immune system. There are dozens of people in chairs and nobody in a mask. And I'm thinking, what is going on in this world? And it's reinforcing this idea in my mind that on repeat, our world is telling us we need to play it safe. Play it safe, play it safe, play it safe. Make sure you don't risk anything. Make sure you don't say anything. Don't talk about that. Don't do that. And I'm not, again, telling you, you know, how you should navigate this season, you know, for yourself. Here's my fear. I'm afraid the enemy has taken the opportunity with what we've experienced over the last few years and switch the narrative in our mind and, and say, oh yeah, and also, you know what else you shouldn't do? Don't dream big anymore. And what everything, you, you know what else you shouldn't do? Don't believe God can do anything great in your life. And also don't believe that you can actually be healed. Also don't believe that you can actually get free from that addiction and move forward. Don't believe that your marriage will ever get any better. I believe he's taken this opportunity and said, in our faith, we need to begin to play it safe. The voice of of Saul, don't be ridiculous. Instead of the voice of David, who was saying, I'm gonna trust in a great God. And I feel like, like no matter what you're being led to or what you're feeling called to, that many of us are going in life, well, I don't need to be ridiculous. I don't need to really believe God's gonna do that for me. I don't need to be ridiculous in this thing. I don't need to be ridiculous about, you know, ever walking in complete freedom from that addiction. I don't need to be ridiculous and believe God can actually heal me from that sickness, from that that disease. And I just want you to know there will always be a Saul in your life. Always be a Saul who is ready to tell you that that step of faith is ridiculous. And it's only been reinforced by the world that we've been living in. There will always be somebody to say, no, don't don't do that. Trusting God for that? Colby, at your age, you shouldn't be out doing that. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous to think you'll ever find freedom. It's ridiculous to think God can ever redeem that that relationship. It's ridiculous to think you'll ever be restored. It's ridiculous to think, are you with me? It's been it's been the, the mantra. And I just want to be a David who says, you know, God, I wanna believe you for the ridiculous, are you with me? Saul and David, check it out, are looking at the same problem, the same giant, but one is looking through eyes of faith in a great God who is able to do the impossible, by the way, and the other is looking through eyes of of reason, what it seems reasonable in the moment. And by the way, let's be clear, Saul wasn't wrong. Goliath was a big old mug. Goliath was a nine foot tall giant who carried a massive sword and a massive spear. Like Saul wasn't wrong, but he was only looking through natural eyes at what was reasonable. While David was looking through spiritual eyes of what a a, a God who is the God of the impossible could do. What was ridiculous. And so David walked up on this with eyes of faith. And he saw this not as facing a giant, but as an opportunity for God to show up strong on his behalf. And I read that and I just think, man, I I don't know about you, but I want to be ridiculous in my faith. I don't want the last few years to cause me to kind of take it easy, play it safe, not believe God for great things. Man, I want to pray for people and watch them be healed of cancer. I want to pray for marriages and watch them get restored. Are you with me? I want to pray for you and see you fulfill your calling and the purpose that God has on your life. And I want to be ridiculous when it comes to my faith. And people can call this a ridiculous church all they want, but reasonable ain't working. Are you with me? And I know that's not correct grammar, but that's good preaching. (laughs) It ain't working. It's not working. Because reasonable, if you look around, has people on medications through the roof. Reasonable has suicide hotlines ringing off the hook. That's reasonable. Reasonable has women making decisions about their body based on insecurity, not based on the identity that God's given them. That's what's reasonable. Reasonable but has people in marriages and they feel like they're just living with their roommate, that their marriage can never thrive. That's what's reasonable. I don't want to have a reasonable faith. I want to have a ridiculous faith. It's about to get ridiculous. Are you with me? It's about to get ridiculous. So here's a story in Acts chapter 3. And it's a great story where we see both of these at play. We see what's reasonable, and we also see what is ridiculous. And this is a story of Peter and John. They're headed to the temple to pray. And this is what it says in verse 1. Are you guys with me? Everybody good? It will be up on the screen if you don't have a Bible with you. Uh, But Acts chapter 3, verse 1, it says this. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. And as they approached the temple, a man who was lame from birth was being carried in each day, and he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the Beautiful Gate. Back in the day when I wanted to just do music and and be a worship leader and start a band, I I thought I would call my band, uh, the band name would be The Beautiful Gate. Yeah, it's dumb. I know it's dumb. Well, fine, whatever. I just thought I would tell you that. So he could beg from the people going into the temple. And when Peter, Peter and John were about to enter the temple, he asked them for money. Now, the author of Acts is Luke, and Luke is a physician. He's a doctor, and so he's up on the details. How many of you are glad that your doctor is up on the details, right, that knows all the, the details? I know I am. And so I love the details that Luke throws into uh, the, the writing here. It says Peter and John were there. It's 3 p.m. It gives us the exact time. They're headed to the temple. Why are they going to the temple? Because it's the 3 p.m. prayer service. It's time to pray. And at the exact same time they were going, this man comes out who was lame, the Bible says, from birth. And apparently this is not the first time he's done it because it says what? Every day. Each day he would come out. So this is not the first time he's asking for money. This is not the first time he's looking for, for food perhaps or whatever. He was lame from birth. And so I don't want you to miss this. Those of you that are are close to giving up on your miracle, like because you've been seeking it for a long time, this man has been in this condition for his entire life. Yet God orchestrates this divine appointment for him. Aren't you grateful that even though you didn't plan it, God has plans for you? That God can do something in your life in a moment? he put on the divine schedule for this man that Peter and John would show up at the exact same time. He's coming out once again, like he does every day, to beg for food. And so he's coming out, he's laying there every single day, and he's doing the reasonable thing. It's reasonable. It's reasonable for him to sit outside the temple gate and wait for people to come by with his jar and ask for some money or, or to, to beg for food. It's reasonable. In fact, it's, it's a very strategic thing when you think about it. Because according to Jewish tradition, like if you're gonna be a good little you know, Jewish boy or girl, the, there are commands that say, we need to take care of the poor and the needy. And so like positioning himself right at the temple gate at the 3 p.m. prayer service is a great spot to be. Because he's like, people are gonna come by and if they wanna make sure that they're kinda, you know, checking the box to be on the good list, well then... They might put something in his jar. So it's, it's not just a reasonable thing, it's a logical thing. It's a wise thing. Like it's all he could do, is it not? Like he was lame from birth that all he could do is have somebody bring him there and him to sit there and beg and ask for money. And I think the irony of the story is that he's outside the gate asking for money, but inside the temple, right, there praying. They're worshiping, they're seeking a great God who can do great things. So he's outside the gate looking for money when he could be inside the gate asking for a miracle, asking for more. Yet he's content to do this, just to beg, just to get get a a little bit. And I wonder if in this post-pandemic world that we're living in, if this is not some of you, that you've settled You've settled for just, okay, to just sit outside the gate and get what I get and not expect anything more. In fact, you could be in church today, and I'm glad that you are. You could be physically here, but this could be you, spiritually, mentally. You know what? Same old, same old. I'll get what I get not expect anything, anything more. Something maybe over the last few years has caused you to grab your proverbial jar and sit outside instead of stepping in and believing God for more. Are you with me? Believing God for for greater. And it's logical for this man. It's the wise decision, right? If you're lame, it's smart to sit outside the temple and beg a little bit, you know, as people are going in. It's reasonable. However, it's not ridiculous. And it will never produce the the miracle, right, if we continually sit outside the gate instead of asking, you know, God to do more. Because here's what I know. Whenever you sit outside the gate, what you're doing is you're selling yourself short. You're stopping short on the more that God has for you. When you decide, man, this is it. This is my lot in life. You know, I'm just going to deal with this sin pattern. I'm just going to struggle through a, a, a marriage that, you know, we're just feel more like roommates. Or I'm just going to deal with this addiction. I'm never really going to be free. When we sit outside the gate, like we, we, we don't step into the more that God has for you, the greater that God is looking to put into your, your life. And I know why we do it because some of us are like, why would, why would God give me more? Why would God, you know, give me me more? Well, here's why: either He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever, or He's not. Either He is a God who has raised people from the dead, or He's not. Either He is the God who set the earth on its axis and causes it to spin, and tells the sun when to. Re- Do I need to remind you today who your God is? He, he, he's the God that was with David walking down into the valley to face Goliath, or he's not. But I'm just telling you, he is a miracle-working, powerful God. And so sometimes we feel like we're just sitting at the gate because that's what we, we expect. But this is the same Jesus we're talking about who got up out of the grave by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the same Jesus we just sang to. There's no name like your name has the power to save, it has the power to break strongholds. That's who we worship, that's who we pray to. Now I'm not telling you he's a genie in the bottle kind of Jesus, we rub on him and he'll, he'll turn a trick for you, that's not what I'm saying. But Isaiah tells us that his arm is not too short, his ear is not too deaf, that he knows and he can reach out into your situation. And he hears our cries. They need to remind you who your God is today. This is our God. He has good plans for us. Yet some of us have decided, I'm just going to sit outside the gate because this is what I'm used to. This is, what, this is what I do. Some of you are living beneath all the benefits that are available to you in Christ as a son or as a daughter. Like I just want to tell you, some of you are living beneath the, the inheritance that you have. It's almost as if someone in your family, you know, died, and in their will, they left you money, and you don't even know it's there. It's available to you. And I get frustrated at people who will say, well, you know what, Colby, this is, yeah, but this is what I've been doing forever. This man, lame from birth, this is what I've been doing, this is all I know. I don't really think things can change. I don't really think, you know... My marriage can get better. I don't really think I can get healed from that. In fact, here's where you might be. I'm just I'm just praying that God will give me the strength to manage. I'm just praying that you know one day, you know I'll be to heaven and everything will be fine. Did we forget about about Thy Kingdom come, Thy will be done, today? on earth today, not one day, someday, but today, the heaven here and now. Like, when did we forget about this? What's available to us in Christ? And I think some of us, you know, prefer what's reasonable because we feel unworthy to ask God for something more. Is that not true? Like, I don't, I don't know if I can really ask God for something great, Colby, because you don't, you don't know the kind of life I've lived. Kobe, I don't really know if I can ask God. I think it would be presumptuous of me to believe God for more when I I haven't lived the kind of life that it looks like other people on my row next to me have lived. Well, first of all, how many of you know looks can be deceiving? Look at the people next to you. They're just as jacked up as you. Maybe even more. Just saying. But some of you might even feel unworthy and you're just saying, Kobe, I, I'm just... I'm just happy to be in the room. Like, I'm just thankful for salvation. That's, that's enough. And don't hear me wrong. Yes, thank you, Jesus, for saving us. That is, that is enough. If you've never done anything else for me, you never do anything else for me, that is enough. But I just need to tell somebody there is a big God-sized gap between enough and available, between enough and what you have available to you. Cause my Bible tells me that our God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. My Bible tells me that by his stripes, I am healed. And so if he's already paid for it and already bought it, why on earth would you leave it in the store? Why would you not take a benefit that God gives you as a son or daughter. Your job may have given you some benefits, but my God has given me some benefits. He pulled me out of the pit. He set my feet on a solid rock. He heals my diseases. That's what the Bible says. Like that's our, our God. And it comes with knowing him and being a son or a daughter of his. Don't live beneath what's available to you because this is all you expect anymore. Can never get better. It'll never change. So some of us we we feel unworthy. And so we just we sit outside the gate, not expecting God to do anything great in our life. But some of us, and this 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 might be some of you today, we sit outside the gate doing this. You know why? Because to some degree this works. For some of you, this is working. Here's what I know about the human condition is that you wouldn't do this if it wasn't feeding something. You wouldn't do this if it wasn't giving you some sort of temporary fix. Like like if, 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 if the drama wasn't scratching some itch in your life, you would get the drama out of your life. Are you with me? Is this too hard? You want to go back to the movie series? A little more fun? I got you. Like if jumping from bed to bed, relationship to relationship, wasn't doing something for you to fulfill a temporary need of making you feel loved and needed, then you wouldn't do it anymore. Like if it wasn't scratching some itch, and so many of us do it because to some degree, it's working, (laughs) is bringing a temporary reprieve in our life. And so we keep coming back. We keep sitting at the gate. We keep not expecting anything else. We keep holding out the jar saying, you know, help me, love me, you know, see me, want me. Something about it is working in our life. And so we find ourselves sitting outside asking for money instead of moving inside and asking for a miracle. And what scares me the most about this, perhaps, is that when you have decided you're going to continue in some reasonable kind of living, that this is what works for me, that you will surround yourself with reasonable people who will support your reasonable choices. Is that not true? There is no shortage of people who have a little bit of change in their pocket that would love to keep you stuck in this reasonable condition, in your reasonable life. Here, let me feed that fear. You don't need to believe for anything greater than that. Let me feed that. Let me, let me feed that, 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 that need that you have. You know, let me encourage you to leave your husband. <laughs> you know, let me, let me encourage you to, you know, stay bitter. Don't forgive that person. In fact, we can be bitter together. And we can just talk and gossip about it. And so some of us, right, we're just, if we surround ourselves with reasonable people, All they're going to do is feed into that reasonable decision, that reasonable amount of faith. So I'm just saying, like, stop surrounding yourself with reasonable friends or it's going to keep you stuck in a reasonable kind of faith. Do you think the guy that had friends that that took him to the house where Jesus was healing people and ripped the roof off of the house and lowered him down in front of Jesus so he could be healed, do you think he was glad he did not have reasonable friends in his life? I'm just telling you, if all you've surrounded yourself with is reasonable friends, you're going to stay stuck in reasonable living. You have to have people who have this ridiculous kind of faith. And I'm just hoping you throw away the jar today and decide that God can do more than what's happening in your life. And I've discovered that, that the miraculous really is only found in the ridiculous. And some of you need to realize it's not too late. It's really not too late. Like even though you feel like this has been your whole life, this is what you're doing, it's not too late to, to start believing God for, for something more. In fact, I want to speak over your life that your latter years will be greater than your former years. That God has more for you. Some of you think you wasted too much time doing this. I don't know anything else. I wouldn't know what to do if I, if I wasn't doing this. I wouldn't know how to act. Well, can I tell you something? My Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. It's free indeed. It's free. You know the difference between free and free indeed, by the way? You remember the guy, I think it was just only a few weeks ago or a month ago, who escaped from prison not too far from here? You know what I'm talking about? I think he's caught. Is he caught? That's good. So we can all relax. So he was free. For a minute, but everywhere he went, he had to look over his shoulder, hoping the fuzz wasn't catching up to him. Are you with me? Like, so he was free, but he wasn't free indeed. Free indeed means you can live your life because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And you don't have to live your life looking over your shoulder, worried if your past is gonna continually catch up to you. Are you with me? You don't have to live that way. You don't have to worry about what you did yesterday. You don't have to live worrying about what you did last year or back when you were in high school. When you are free, you are free indeed. You're free indeed. Does God hold it against you? No, because you're free. You're free indeed. And so why would you continue to sit outside the gates living this way? When there's more available to you, when God has more. Ridiculous or reasonable? And again, I think the last few years has have caused us all to, to switch this, this story in our heart and in our mind and cause us to just live reasonable. What's reasonable? What's reasonable? Play it safe. Let me finish this story, Ben. They can come help me. In verse four, it says this: that they they looked at him. This is Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said this. He said, "Look at us." I love Peter. Like Peter's one of my favorites. I, I've told you this before. Peter he was a little bit street, a little bit hood. Like Peter, he carried a knife. He will cut you, Kobe. You don't know that's true. You're just making stuff up. No, it's it's true. Like he cut a guy in the garden who was coming to arrest Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. He cut him, and he didn't just cut him by the way, he like cut his ear off. You know how hard that is just to cut somebody's ear off? Hopefully you don't know, I don't really know how hard that is. But he didn't just cut him, he cut his ear off. You don't think Peter was one of the best knife fighters ever on the face of the earth? He was bad, give me a bunch of Peters, I can build a church with some Peters. He's a little scrappy little rough around the edges and it says this Peter looked at him intently this guy who cuts ears off is now looking at you just I imagine Peter's just kind of eyeballing the guy he's sitting there keep in mind lame from birth he's just eyeballing him looks at him intently like the Bible's a lot of fun to read if you put your imagination into it a little bit don't make it say something it doesn't say that's that's not good They looked at him intently. They told him to look at us. And the lame man looked at them, eagerly expecting. Is this all you're expecting? Like, really, when you come through the doors, it's... I know what time it is. I know we're almost done. I don't really expect to be free from that addiction to pornography that has such a deep hold on your life. I don't really expect to be free from that that alcohol. It's a disease that's been in my family forever. I don't really expect God to eradicate the cancer. Expecting one thing, expecting money, right? Expecting same old, same old. And my prayer is that as you leave here today, you just stop expecting the same old, same old. You stop asking God for just what's reasonable. Because Peter said to him, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but what I give you, I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Set this down get up and walk. And for some of you, setting that down and getting up and walking might look completely different than you ever imagined it would look. It might not look like what you want it to look like or what you expected it to look like or what you think you you need it to look like, but Peter said, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And if you think about this for a moment, how ridiculous this request was. I mean, this man has never walked. His his body had never stood on two feet. His frame had never supported him. He'd never developed muscles, never learned how to put one step in front of the other. Think of this request. It is ridiculous. In fact, I can imagine something inside of him is like, you know, you want me to get up and walk? And this might be where you are. You want me to get up and walk? You want me to have my, my miracle? What happens when I do? I've never walked before. I've never stepped into that before. He might be thinking, I don't have a skill. I've never learned how to support myself. I've never, where am I going to make money? What is, what is get up and walking look like to you? You might get up and walk, okay. But you've never walked in a healthy marriage before. Get up, get up and walk. It's your turn to get up and walk okay, but you've, you've never stepped into freedom, ultimate freedom from addiction. And you don't know what that looks like to take one step and then another or, or get up, get up and walk. Well I, you're, you're terrified because you've never stepped into the, the security of an identity found in Christ and Christ alone. Like some of us don't get up because we're afraid of what that step could look like, but get up and walk, Peter says. Do something ridiculous because God is the God who exceeds our expectations. And I found that it's in the ridiculous that you find the miraculous, is it not? Naaman, go wash in that dirty river seven times and then you'll be healed of leprosy. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Hey, roll that stone away. And Lazarus, who's been dead for four days, he's gonna walk out of that thing. That is ridiculous to think. March around this wall seven days. On the seventh day, do it seven times. Blow a trumpet and it's gonna fall. That's ridiculous. But here's what I've learned is what's ridiculous to us is more than reasonable for God. Is that not true? We don't serve the God of the reasonable. We serve the God of the impossible. Are you gonna stay here? do me a favor? Would you stand to your feet? Let's bow our heads. We're going to worship in just a moment. But just kind of in a spirit of prayer, I have two invitations for you. The first one is this. Some of you, the last few years have caused you to play it safe, to not believe God for anything great, to not believe that he can move that mountain all the data says there's no way. Natural laws. We don't serve the God of the natural. That you don't really believe you can be free from addiction like you love God, but it's this constant battle day in and day out. And you don't really believe that you can be free. You don't really believe that your marriage can be healthy. But maybe you just need to get a little bit of a, a ridiculous spirit of faith like David and say, you know what? I can't, I can't. You're right, I can't, but God can. I can't, I can't face that giant, but God can. I can't do that, but, but my God, can. So the first invitation would be for those of you that say, God, I just, I wanna get a spirit ridiculous faith back and belief for more because this is the sound track of your life but for those of you too in this room that maybe the miracle that you need today is not one of of healing from a sickness is not an addiction but the miracle and it is a miracle by the way it is a significant miracle is the miracle of salvation. Because you need to know that we are all, every single one of us, the Bible says sinners. And I don't have to convince you of that. And that's not a condemning statement, by the way. Sinning just means we've missed the mark, that we're not doing it, you know, living the life that God intended for us, that we're, we're getting it wrong. And if, and if you would say, Colby, no, I, I never get it wrong. Well, that's where you're missing the mark because we're all sinners. But God did a miraculous thing. He sent his one and only son to pay the price for our sins so that we could have a relationship with him. We could be made right with God. And when we confess Jesus as Lord, we repent and we understand that we are sinners. And apart from Jesus, we're like, we're toast. But it's grace through faith that he offers us this free gift. And when we receive it and believe it, the Bible says we are made right with God. He's our Lord, our Savior. The Holy Spirit lives in us. And it is a miracle. And that's uh, the miracle that maybe some of you need today. And so with every head bowed, every eye closed, I don't know what it is. You just need God to strengthen your faith. Or you need to step across the line of faith once and for all and confess Jesus is Lord of your life. I want to lead you in a prayer that does that. If you say, Colby, I did that a long time ago and I haven't been living that way, you pray right along with us. If you've never prayed this prayer, you pray right along with us right here and right now. If you'd say, Colby, that's me. I'm praying with you. No one's looking around. Would you shoot your hand up wherever you are in this room? I just want to see who I'm praying with. Right now, just hold it up high. Be bold. Yep. So many hands around this room. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You're making the best decision of your life. Pray this with me. In fact, I'll invite our whole church to pray this out loud together to help give you courage and strength as you pray. You can say something like this. Jesus, forgive me. I'm a sinner. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying in my place so I could be made right with God. I confess you as Lord and as Savior of my life. Holy Spirit, come inside my life. Make me new. Give me a fresh start from here on out in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Come on church, let's celebrate big. Come on. And now one more prayer for those of you that need to have a fire reignited in your life with your faith, let's ask God to that end. Are you with me? So heavenly Father, Give us a ridiculous faith. The faith to move mountains, God. The faith to see our sicknesses healed, God. The faith to see our families restored. The faith to see people who are far from you come back to you. The faith, God, to to relieve sickness and disease. The faith to break addictions. The faith to break other strongholds that we are at the mercy of in our life. Forgive us, God, for the past few years of playing it safe. We wanna take big risks in the name of Jesus, the only name who saves, the name who heals, the name who restores, amen, amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There will be some practical resources to help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate, go to elevatechurch.com give. Thank you for living generously. We hope you enjoyed this message. Have a great week.